the record button has been pressed. So it is time for... Joel's Finding the Flow. Like real philosophical sort of discussions. You know when people get high? <laughs> it's pure Joel. Don't count your fans before the edge. But, um, I think I'm open. I mean, I'm in my with. I think I'm gonna hit. Finding the flow with Joel Franklin. Hello, everybody. Hello, hello. So, we have a nice one for you this week. This is, um,. Well, welcome to Finding the Flow with Joel, first off. Uh, This week we have lovely Irene Robson. Um, That is a big, uh, big one for this, (laughs) this community of how to just pronounce her name, you know, because, because it's spelled like Irene, I-R-E-N-E. And uh, so, you know, some people call her Irene. I don't know why. Um, because it's not even close to what, you know, what she says every time it's just become a community thing. You know, it's, it's not, they're not saying Irene and they're saying something different. They do say the E sound for the I, but, uh, it should be Irene, Irene. Um, at least, I don't know. I, if you listen to her say her own name, I believe you'll find that it's similar to that. Um, because this place is full of Germans. And uh, I think this might be the first time, though, I actually have interviewed um, one. <laughs> um, so uh, she is very interesting. Uh, let, let's just think of the relationship. So so usually during care, we will have someone assigned to Irena. And we will go over to her room and usually try to get her to come to a meal um just to come out to to get out get some sunlight get some interaction with people after this interview maybe i have a little bit more of a perspective of who she is and and for whatever reason let's just say it's not, sometimes not easy to go in there and try doing that she'll just shoot you down like you're you uh have nothing to say basically because she's you know, she has all her wits. She's not like, you know, lost anything. You know, you can't like just kind of tell her what to do and expect her to just say, okay, you know, she, she has her own mind and she, she most of the time will say, no, she just stops you at, no, I'm not going. (laughs) And, and so a lot of us like from there on are just kind of like, they don't know what to do. Like, like usually I'll say, so how you doing, Irene? How you doing today? You know, um, it, it's been it's a nice day. How how's it been in bed? You know, did you have a good breakfast? Blah blah blah. And then eventually I'll say, so um, were you thinking about maybe possibly coming over to to dinner with us? Um, it'd be nice to have you there. It's always nice to see you. And, and she's like, no, she'll just cut me off and say no right away. You know, and then then I'll just kind of be like, um, well, uh, we'd all love to no. Um, I would like a tray. Thank you very much. <laughs> and and so she, it's, it's a lot of it has to do with the, the the way she looks at you when she says that. 
And so it's just fun. And, and so that's a lot of people's relationship with her. Even though she, she's a lovely lady, it's just like, how often do we have a time to just sit down? Well, I got the time to sit down for the show. But I have sat down with her before, and it is always lovely. But still, there's usually a goal of getting her into the dining room. And that one, you know, you can be guaranteed if you slow down to have a nice conversation with her. But you cannot be guaranteed to uh, get her to, to, to come to a meal. To get out of bed. That you will not be guaranteed. So, um, any updates? Well, I, I feel like I'm slowing down a little bit. I've gotten through this, this rush of energy without hurting myself. I have not gotten injured at all, which um, I tend to be a little more injury prone these days, which is good. Um, and I also, you know, I'm just one year older, one year more conscious. Um, there's certain habits that I can see through and at least have uh, a second of, of second thought before I do certain things. And that's good, though I don't always follow my, my uh, you know, my conscience, my conscious thoughts, my conscious conscience thoughts. <laughs> Say that three times fast. Conscious conscience. My conscious conscience. Well, so um, fences are are almost getting ready real fast. It's really really nice and exciting. Um, the I'm getting my pruning on, under control. the The compost is looking good. I got lots of ideas over there. Um, now now this whole this band thing that I've been doing is like is being invited to do things like every weekend, and I'm starting to have a you know, there's part of me that really wants to do it, like like just finally get something going. But um, you know, it's just another thing. Um, I have uh, made on some of my usual uh, arrangements. I've made kind of a seasonal like break for myself because things are going so crazy. And also, I'm getting up so early that it's hard to be up past nine anymore. You know, um, it's kind of tough once you get yourself. Like I'm, I'm going to bed at like eight thirty, um, nine, and and passing right out. Like I'm, it's it's not like a, you know, go go to bed at eight thirty, then like hang out and, and look at stuff and 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 whatever, uh, talk to my wife until like ten thirty at night. It's like I'm at eight thirty. I'm starting to to like to really 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 just like get real woozy and tired and. And then Sarah and I talk for a little while, and then I pass out, you know. And uh, and then I'm getting up at like five, four in the morning. I mean, I, I basically try to kind of catch, like, I I get up in the middle of the night often enough. I uh, I use the bathroom here and there, and um, and when I do, usually it's it's part of a good part of my cycle of sleep. I just feel I don't feel too like groggy or whatever. And so usually I'll catch like one of the ones that's a little more like towards, you know, when I would get up like three thirty, four or five. But a lot of times it happens around three thirty, four that I just feel like, eh, I feel okay. Um and sometimes I'll I'll you know, I'll do my thing for a few hours, then then I'll feel sleepy. But for the most part I uh I get a good little 
little uh, time there. But, uh, you know, of course, it's a little bit crazy. It's funny enough. It's something that I think my dad does. And I'm coming upon it. Not, I mean, I've never really understood that with my dad, but now I'm starting to do it myself um, for my own reasons. And, and I'm sure it's exactly, exactly the same same track that he went on. Oh, uh, birthdays happen. My wife's birthday. She is uh, 36 now, and I am 32. Uh, I made probably one of the best cakes I've ever made. Um, which was fun, but there's, there's a little, little glitch in this whole situation, but let me just tell you about the cake first. So the cake was, um, first of all, my wife likes ice cream cakes. So I think, okay, what if I could make an ice cream cake? Cause no one makes her, her favorite ice cream is uh, cookies and cream and no one does cookies and cream ice cream cakes. So I go and look, and lo and behold, there is a recipe for ice cream cakes. It's not that bad. Um, basically, you make a chocolate pound cake, which um, pound cake, I think the reason they call it a pound is because there's like a lot of butter in it, like a pound of butter per batch or whatever. I don't know. Uh, but um, there's a lot of butter, a lot of eggs and stuff. In the, it, it's just a very dense cake. Um, so kind of perfect for like um, uh ice cream cake situation and so chocolate cake and then and then basically you have some ice cream so so i I made the cake and then i i cut a layer in and i put in a bread pan cut a layer then i had some ice cream that was you know just let sit for a little bit just so it's it's enough to be soft enough to to kind of spread out and so a layer cake layer of ice cream spread out layer cake layer of ice cream spread out layer cake you know and uh and so you got five layers there and then uh and you put it in wax paper and then you put it in the freezer and then um you know pull it out when you're ready um so so that was you know i did that like her her birthday was on wednesday and i did it on monday night and as a surprise of course but of course i didn't take take an account that you can't really do surprise if you're thinking about all the you know, organizing and all the people that are involved in, in the birthday situation. So her mom, uh, was asked to do, um, a cake and a, uh, dinner. So of course dinner was fine, but, uh, but I, I had went, you know, uh, Sarah had actually told me this, this is the thing that got me, you know, cause I, I knew it was coming. So she told me, Oh, my mom is going to make the meal on, that day, the lunch for my birthday. Is that, that cool? And I'm like, Oh yeah, that's great. Um, just tell her, don't, don't make the cake. Don't make the cake. <laughs> you know? And of course she had like told her mom to, to do the cake and, uh, and to like get an ice cream cake. So under those stipulations, I thought, Oh, well, I guess I can sure, surely assert that. Well, like I was trying to kind of keep the secret. I was like, well, you know, the cake that I, I made, you know, is is kind of better than a store bought ice cream cake. You know, <laughs> and uh, and she um, she you know it, w- it was just stressful because you didn't want to tell your mom, hey, you know, it's, sorry, you know, put put the bag or throw it out or so uh, so basically she called. I told her just call your mom now, just see if she made the cake or not. You know, so so it ends up her mom didn't buy an ice cream cake. She ended up making a cake, um, a double layer cake. You know. So now, so now I, it just seems like this always seems to happen. 
some sort of, you know, whatever, awkward situation between her or me and my, my mother-in-law. So, uh, <laughs> either way, um, we ended up using my cake and, and then she, she, we, we, we ate both cakes, but, but either way, our, the cake like turned out really well and we frosted it with, um, with cream frosting. It was, it was, it was one of the best cakes. So the reason actually that I kind of bring it up is that there, the, one of my exceptions to my whole no sugar rule is that I can have a birthday cake, uh, on the birthday, um, and only one, one slice. So I was very happy to have this one and it was amazing. Um, the only thing that I went was like, you know, my kids and my, my wife and my, my mother-in-law, they all like kind of like didn't quite eat it all, you know, and they, they loved it, but they, they were of course full quote unquote full. And, uh, so, so they threw out some in, in the, the compost and that was the one thing like, like, you know, like I could handle, like if they all ate it, then it'd be like great, you know, and then we could put the cake back in the freezer and blah, blah, blah. But they, they didn't quite finish it. So one that seemed kind of like, Ooh, you should put that back or something. And, uh, and then they threw it in the compost and I was like, ah, oh, you know, so, so there I am, I go and I go into the compost and I, I didn't want anyone to really see me do it, but I, I didn't really care. And I just, I ate what they didn't eat. I had to, I had to see that, that, that awesome cake was not down in the compost. So, so I ate a little more than my one piece, <laughs> but, um, it, it was, it was very good. Um, so I guess, I guess that's that. I, um, there's been a lot of birthdays going on and, and, uh, Ada's birthday happened and Wynn's birthday also in the last few weeks, uh, last month or so, uh, Wynn's birthday. I, I, I like it. I, I have Three kids, two each two years apart. So you could say, you know, right now they're kind of five, three, one. But um, the first birthday is the youngest. The second birth, the, which is in March, March twenty um, fifth. The second birthday is in April, and that's the second oldest. That's Ada, and that's April twenty first. And then Sophie's birthday is the last birthday, the oldest, and she's going to turn five in May thirty first. So I think that's nice that the youngest ones get their birthday first and, uh, and they all have them right around the same time. Uh, couldn't done it much better than that. Uh, uh, so, so that, that's, that's just fun. Um, my kids are growing up Winnie's becoming quite the little boy. He's got an Audi belly button like me now. Uh, it, it's funny. It didn't happen right away. Um, Audi belly button, meaning his, his belly button sticks out like mine. And it's funny. It didn't happen right away. It looked like he had an innie. And then all of a sudden, like in the last, uh, I don't know, a few months, all of a sudden his little, little Audi button started poking out. I thought that was kind of cute. You know, it's not, none of the girls have an Audi, but, um, but my little boy does me and my little boy, little twins. And, uh, He's also got, um, he, he sits, they call it W sitting where you basically sit, you know, with your butt in the ground, but you know, like sitting on your knees, but you let your butt sit in the ground and you let your, your legs kind of sprawl out. 
And uh, there's all these like scary website things like uh, that. Oh, it's going to kill the posture and it's going to, you know, and I'm like, well, I used to do it till I was like eight years old, you know, and I think I'm fine. Some say I might have better posture than most. So, so screw that. Um, okay. So without further ado, please listen to my interview with Irene Robson. Okay, now it's going. Okay, so yes, please, you can you can start with that, what you were just about to say. <laughs> My name is Irene Robson. Yes. I'm in bed. That's right. And most like most of the time I am in bed since about, oh, well, a, a good three months now. Three months. So, um, I mean... Because it, it is difficult for me to be up and around. So I'm having my meals in, in, in my bedroom. And um, many of the happenings, they come to me just like I come to them. Just like now, the microphone is coming into my bedroom. <laughs> yep, and you don't have to come to that. So, no. so, um, let's, let's, uh, go back way, way, way back. So what year were you born? Way, way, way back. I was finishing high school uh-huh. and then I went into nurses training. Well, wait, wait, wait. What year were you born? That was 19, 1948. 1948? I was, I was just about 18. Finishing high school. Okay, so you were born around 1920. 1930. Or 1930, 1930. Okay, so you became a nurse in, in uh, outside high school. Up, ended up in Scotland, New <laughs> Canfield, uh-huh. Scotland, uh-huh. for almost seven years. Seven years? Yeah. And that was right out of high school? That was right out of high school, nurses training. I have nursing training. Were you a registered nurse? Yes. And uh, so you spent seven years in a camp hill right away, a young woman. Did you, did you, um, were you married or did you have any interest or were you completely committed? I was the the, the home nurse. Yeah. The nurse for the home for the entire, for the the entire entire schools. Now that year that you said is 1948. So, so the movement was probably pretty new. That was very new to me. Yes. And, and how many camp hills were there at that point? Oh, maybe about only five. In the whole world? In the whole world. Could you explain to me what a camp hill, or explain to people that wouldn't know what a camp hill is? Camp hill is a living community who cares usually for a certain type of people. In most cases, it is the handicapped child. They take in handicapped children and open a home for them, and have schooling, and nursing, and everything that a child at that age needs, and a child with that particular um, condition would would want. I see, and it's a community. So, like people live where they where they take care of them. No, they're not legally living night camping. They're living in bubble houses no. and have gardens and have have, have uh, 
farms. No, what I mean is people live there. They don't drive they, they, there. No, they, no, they live there. Yeah, that's so. So it's similar to here, except that the 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 age range is is all ages, right? Yeah, all ages. Um, <clears throat> so it must be a lot Some of work. Some of them are for only children. Mm-hmm. You know, anybody under under twenty or so. Yeah. Or under, let's say, a, a bit older even, because they they mature much later. Yes. So they we keep them as a child, children home up to twenty. You know. So how did you? I mean, you you were born in Germany, right? Yes. So how did you hear about this place in Scotland? How did you even know about Camp Hill? Well, when you are a nurse, you hear of, of a lot of places around the world. And if you have had a connection for before, well, you were uh, a month or so in a home of Camp Hill, you had a good idea what Camp Hill is like, and I joined it. I see. So, um, did you have any anthroposophical background before you went? No, but I was very glad to learn about it. Yeah, yeah. And so, what sort of activities did they do there? Like, what sort of what was a day like? All all sorts of activity, like a home life, except you also had medical care, medical care, nurses care. I see. So, like, like cooking and cleaning and that all that all was done by us. And a garden, a and what? a farm. You said a garden and a farm. Yes, we yeah. all did that ourselves. But the uh, we did not have paid coworkers coming in and and leaving again. We've had everybody doing it ourselves. Uh, and which would include the the uh, the peop- the um, handicapped children. Yes, this included all the handicapped as well. And they would do as much as they could. Yeah. How was your experience? I mean, you were there seven years. So, so what was it like to be there that long? It was actually a learning process, and you learned more. The, the longer you stayed, the more you learned. It wasn't really a up and down. A bread giver and a earner. It was together a, co- a community of workers who helped each other. It was not on a basis of payment. I'm the boss and you're the servant. That that didn't come in. So, which part of Scotland was it? Aberdeen. Is that uh, country-ish? It's a big, big, big city, but has everything. Uh-huh. Has country life and uh, farming life has the mountains. The, the, has, it has everything a big yeah. city has. Now let me backtrack just a little bit. Did you have any siblings? Do you have any siblings? Yes, we were five children. Five children, and you were born in Germany. I was born in Germany in nineteen hundred thirty. Nineteen hundred thirty. What what order were you? Pardon? What birth order were you? Second. Second? Second child. Boys or girls? Four, four girls and one boy. <laughs> Who was the boy? What order was <laughs> Only he? Only the fourth. What? We would have again been the first. 
He was the first? No, he would have been again the first, being the first, the fourth. Fourth, uh, I see. <laughs> yeah, I was just talking to Vi, and she was she had five siblings, and there was four four girls and one boy, and he was the fifth. He was fifth. Yeah, so, so you both have, I'm sure, very pampered brothers. <laughs> oh, yes, yeah. Uh, were you very... But, you know, normally you say the first and the fourth have again similarity. So the fourth is again like the firstborn. You know, I, I, um, I, I'm one of seven kids. Yeah. And uh, I, I would agree with that, except, except the one little exception. We had three boys, one girl, and then three more boys. And well, you were the first boy of the second lot. Um, I was the second boy of the second lot. The second boy of the second lot. And and it was true. I think the similarities of the first, second, third boys happened again. But the girl was she was unique. She she, she was unique. Yeah. Yeah. But the boys went through a cycle of three. That is that is quite true. That they often take on certain places and they stay at those places. If it's a second boy or a third boy or a fourth boy, the fourth is again like a first. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah. I um I personally uh have three kill three kids and, and we've stopped at three. It stopped at three. So it's a complete uh, what set. What are they boys or girls? Two girls and one boy. Two girls and a boy. Five, okay. three, and one. So, okay. So yeah. Okay. 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 <laughs> so okay. I, I don't know. Maybe that means I have a I have a set. I have a pretty good set. <laughs> I'll have to have another three if I want to. You know, want to have it the same way. <laughs> so um, so now we can go back. But what what was your childhood like? I mean, did so you were one of the older ones of the family. Uh, we went through the war. Yeah, that's true. And a lot of it was well conditioned. Yeah. With the food, with the, with the, um, you, you had to have uh, a cart with little snips, which gave you uh, the, the permission to buy a, a pound of noodles or a pound of flour. Oh, or so, a pound of, so it was you like you the rationing. A, a ration cart, yes. Yeah. That that's interesting. I, I I've you know I've talked to a bunch of people that have experienced the war from the other side, from from whether, whether it be Poland or America. But I haven't spoken to anyone that has. They been, had the Russian cards too. Yeah, yeah, just like we did. It's just interesting. I have never talked to someone on the German side. It could have been that much more dire for the Germans, right? Yeah, it was. It wasn't. I mean, you you they lost. Helped, helped helped each other. You must have lost family. I mean, the, the Germans lost more than anybody. They more than anybody. That's true. Yeah, you were fighting on every direction. An uncle and an aunt, and a whole family during air raids. Air raid, you know. That you would get bombed. One bomber direct hit. That family was gone. Uh, did you know? I mean, you must have known lots of people that have that. Oh yes, oh yes, all around us. Yeah. What city were you close to? Well, it was Köppen and Stuttgart and Stuttgart, Württemberg. So you were in the southern part of Germany. Württemberg, yes. It came from anywhere. Everywhere, yeah. Ah, oh, that, that must have been. 
tough. It was almost every night yeah. getting up and sitting in the cellar. Yep. That's what we do. We got up from our bed and we were going into the cellar. And we had a mattress in the cellar to lie down. <clears throat> and all of you, all you kids were, you know, there by then, right? All five of you. So, so you and your mother, your I father. Know. I know, I know, I know. We had to sit, there, go, go into the cellar every night, almost. Yeah. Did Did you ever hear shaking or explosions? We hear, we heard explosions all, all the time. Yes. Yeah. What about your father? He was in the war, so we didn't hear much from him. Did he make it? Yes, he made it. Yeah. But he didn't, he, he couldn't really write because then it would have been known where he was. So the Germans didn't really write a lot. I see. You got messages through other, other prisoners, also prisoners of war. You heard of them. Sure. I mean, on both sides. Yeah. Um, from what I hear, you know, it was a little bit more um, civil, though. A little of, bit more human. It was a little bit more civil on the Western Front, but on the Eastern Front against the Russians, it was there was no mercy at that all. That is true. So uh, <clears throat> that's, that's, I mean, it's very interesting. Um, so, so once the air cleared... You know, it must have been quite a reality for the Germans once it, once the war cleared up. You know, I mean, a lot of picking up the pieces. Your father came home right away? No? When did it he It took a long time. He, because there was no organization who took the prisoners of war home. They just took chances. Did he ever have, did he, was he very... Yeah, whatever chance they got, they, they took, you know, took it home. Did he um, did he ever say any stories, or did he keep quiet about that? To what? To the, about the war. Oh, you could ask him anything. He, he would, would talk about you. it. Yeah, of course. Did you ask him anything? Of course, we asked him all the time. All right. <laughs> well, is there anything that you that I mean? He must have been in some real nasty. Especially, we wanted to know how he was treated as a. Prisoner of war. Who, who, which country took him as prisoner? Russia. Russia? But they were pretty decent. They were? That's they surprising. They were pretty decent. Yeah, that must have been near there the end. There was no cruelty or whipping or anything like that that you sometimes heard that they were terrible. So that, it wasn't as that bad. Wasn't, that wasn't what he experienced. They it, said that they were decent. But from what I hear, because it was so... Terrible, and Hitler and Stalin going against each other were just, you know, um, one of the worst scenes in the whole war. Oh, um, I just I remember that you know once the Russians won, they were they would put the German POWs in conditions that were similar to the Holocaust conditions, you know, and um, <clears throat> I, but I don't know for sure. But it sounds like your dad at least avoided that. So, but um, how long was he prisoner? Pardon? How long was he prisoner? Three years. Three years. So he must have in the early 40s. Yeah. So mm. it was still in the early times where you were not just uh, um, out for cruelty. You were out for work. 
you put them to work. All yeah. the nasty stuff that you, that, that you yourself didn't want to do. You made the POWs do. You made the POW do. Did he actually, before he became a prisoner, was he actually in any any battles? He wasn't, no. He never, he avoided the battles. He has never had a battle. Well, I guess that, that in itself, he, he, he managed to get out of it with yeah. his life and with probably his, you know, without any real damage, which is... Oh, definitely. Yeah. So... What was it like post the war with your family? A lot of picking up the pieces. I mean, was was did you were you able to get back to normalcy pretty quickly, or they fitted back right back in? Yeah, they fitted right they back in. So glad to be right back to so called normal. Yeah, I mean, you he must have been gone because it was normal to be to be despised. It was normal to be looked down upon. It was normal to to be a prisoner of war. So they managed pretty well. So when did you, how long did it take? Well, I mean, first of all, that means your dad was probably gone for four or five years, right? They were so happy. Yeah. That they didn't anymore live under a prison system. Yeah. So they were so happy they did what needed to be done. Yeah. So um, so then now we can catch back up to Scotland. Yeah. Okay. But that was very interesting. I I, I thank you for sharing. Okay. Um. So so seven years at the Camp Hill. What what made you ever want to leave? Another Camp Hill. Uh, where? In England. Okay. Not too far. Not too fast. There was another another village. They called it a village. Because it wasn't anymore a home. It was a village for handicapped young adults. And that was new. Uh-huh. Because so far we have had only children. children. And now we've had young adults, which means workshops, uh, learning possibilities. More more advanced training. Advanced chance and also a job. Yeah. So were you, I mean, you were building out, building out, so that eventually they could leave and go that get a job. Yeah. So, so did that excite you? Did that? Yes, that there is now a home for handicapped young adults. Yeah. Because we never knew what to do with the children once they are fourteen, fifteen, sixteen. Yeah. Now what? Yeah, exactly. And in those days, there really wasn't anything. Yeah. So they had a kind of a learning possibility. Like a, what you call it, when you go into a, into a learning, into a learning situation where you have to stay three years, and then you are um, like a college, or you, you're talking about a learning situation like an internship, or not, not, not so much internship. So everything, yeah, everything from particularly the farm. Okay. The farm people needed quite a lot of knowledge. Yeah, yeah, yeah. With, with feed. So, with, so like a, what do you call it? Like a pra- practical training. Yeah, practical training. Yeah. I mean, I, I think usually, you know, technical colleges or technical facilities yes. tend to cover things like that, like learning how to yes. do things with mechanics or with. So this place had that going on for it. So, so what was your role? Mainly as a nurse. As a nurse again. And and since, you know, probably just like this place. But you... also, of course, 
having my own family. Aha. Normally, normally you are a house parent or living in a house community as the so-called uncle, you know. Yeah, yeah. You does all sorts of all all sorts of jobs, you know, with the meant everything guy. So you all you lived as a family, and or now with a family, and now you had your own. Yeah. So course. so where where did, what what was the whole husband situation? How did you find a husband? Where where did you meet him in Scotland? Everything was the same. But did you meet him in Scotland? I lived in Scotland. But where where did you meet your husband? I met him in England. Okay, so you met him at the next place, the Camp Hill for at young the adults. Hill, the Camp Hill schools, no, not schools, just the Camp Hill homes. Yeah, and so you guys fell in love and and uh, started having kids. And so, so how long were you at this? You have pl- to have your own family and. Uh, Added, you you never have just your own family. Yeah, you have a family and your own children. That's kind of what we're dealing with right now. We have three young kids, you know, here, but we also have to be part of this whole group, you know, as well. Oh, I see. Okay. And my my wife has plenty of work to do already, and she has to be care, you know, care for whatever she can do. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, so I kind so you of have a bit of an idea. I have a bit of an idea, but I know that this place is not a Camp Hill. You know, it's not as as Camp, Camp Hill has has has, has anthroposophy. As, as does this place. That has, uh, Camp Hill has anthroposophy. Yeah, which, in a sense, could drive people to be even more, you know, more, more serious. Yeah, more serious, more committing to their life to the cause. Yes. Yeah. So how long were you at this place and how many kids did you have? <laughs> well, my own, of course, which were three, and then another five. Another five. So did you have the three right in a row? The three, how- yes, they were more or less in a row. Yeah, like a couple years apart each? About a year, a year or two. It's just like me. Okay. And and uh, so what what was um, you know boys girls what was this two girls and a boy hey just like me as well <laughs> so it was the boy you know kind of like mine you know he had a lot of sisters to take care of him well he has had of course his own two sisters but the rest was boys and girls. Yeah, it's true. So, I, I keep so not that, including them, but of course they yeah, they are also yeah yeah. yeah. And so this isn't just girls, but it, so he had a lot of older older kids around him. Yeah, that is the truth. And um, <clears throat> do you think that shaped how he how he grew up? How, Definitely, who he was. Definitely. Did, was is he have trouble being independent? <laughs> he got pretty independent, but also. Listening to older yeah. schoolmates. Yeah, yeah. Listening to contemporaries, you know. And sometimes, I mean, my my middle child, Ada, you know, she's not always nice, you know. I mean, sometimes it's, even whether it's a girl or not, if you have an older sibling that's close in age, you might have, you know, little, little tussles here and there. So, um <clears throat> How long were you at this place in England? Well, the first seven years was in Scotland, and then another 
seven years in England. We stayed home. So it's it, fourteen years. So it seems like seven was your number. Yeah, that's the most. So what happened next? And your husband seemed to be. I was I was asked to come to America. They started a home in America, and they wanted people Experience. who were pretty language who were pretty good with the language. Gotcha. But were another language. Uh huh. Oh no. So you were almost that. Did somebody not just not just an English person, but a person who knows English well enough to go as an English person, and of course your husband as well. So you and your husband were both a, you were like a team, a whole family team dedicated to the cause. Um, and and so I would you normally ask what does your husband do, but I guess I don't have to. You know, he was doing the same thing you were. But did was he um, did he have any particular training or did he do just general work? Well, engineering. He did engineering. Yeah. So so that was his specialty that he contributed to the community, just like you were a nurse. So where in America did they get that started? Where did you go in America? I think most of them was Philadelphia. Philadelphia? After, yeah. after England, you went to Philadelphia? Yeah. yeah. So is that one of the first Camp Hills? One of the first Camp Hill places. In America? Yes. And so you were in your mid-30s at this point. Yes. Pro, you know, very experienced. Yes. And really, this this was everything you've ever done. It wasn't so always so, so much difficult because it was a Camp Hill home. And it was run according to Camp Hill, to Camp Hill uh, uh, law. And, you, and to, you knew that very well. Yes. And within Camp Hill, I was pretty much at home. Basically, you know, how how did that turn out? It didn't turn out so much as another country. It simply turned out a home in another country. Yeah. So you brought your style there. And yeah. and um how long were you at that place? That was for another three years. Another three years. So you before I came back to England again. Aha. Uh-huh. So you broke your seven year cycle. Um and uh so you went back to England same place? No, I didn't go back to Philadelphia. I didn't go back to Aberdeen. I went back to Detroit. Detroit. And there I got interested in the world of education. Aha. And became a world of teacher. And for seven years was a world of teacher. Seven years. In Detroit. <laughs> and what kind of teacher? The class teacher or a... Class teacher and... Language teacher. Ah, did you taught German? Yes, of course. Yeah. And so seven years, so did you take the class for first, eighth grade, or you didn't have enough time? I took the classes since first grade. Mm-hmm. But um, classwork and... And the language. Language arts. That must have been quite a, quite a job. That, is, that was quite a job. <laughs> I also heard that, so that was when you were in Michigan, Detroit, Michigan. And that's Is that where you brought the the Advent Spiral ceremony? Oh, that I introduced the moment I came away from Camp Hill. Yeah. The moment I left Camp Hill and went into the world of school, obviously, I brought the plays and games and so on 
that we had in the in the Camp Hills, Camp Hills schools. And so one of them was the Advent Spiral. One of them was the Advent Garden. <clears throat> so I, I was going to explain. So the Advent Spiral is this beautiful little ceremony where um, there's usually... You usu- light a candle yep. and put it in the garden so you, you have your own candle. Yep, and they take a whole bunch garden. of pine branches. Light it on the big candle and then put it in the garden. That's right. And they make a whole bunch of pine branches, and you and you organize them in the you way so that, that it makes a path that heads to the center, and then it makes a path that heads out. Yes. And on on your path, you you have a candle that you take to the center. You light the candle in the middle, uh, where there's a candle, and and usually someone dressed up like an angel, and uh, that's guiding the usually very young kids or or you know younger. And uh, and your and then the young kid puts it where it wants. Yeah, and the candle is in a usually in a holder that's an apple, and they they light it, and then as they leave, they you put, put it, it down somewhere. You put it down somewhere, and and as it goes and goes, the whole and, thing and they go. They know exactly which one their apple is. Yeah, and they and go back and get their apple. Yep. And then blow it out and, uh-huh. and take it with them. And at the end of it, the whole spiral is all lit up with candles, and it, and it's very beautiful. Yeah. And usually there's a little bit of soft music playing. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. So it's just a wonderful thing you brought to the Waldorf community. Yeah, it, it came from Campbell. Yeah. So another seven years. So yeah. if I do the math right, if you take three years from the time you were about 34, that's 30, 37, uh, and then another seven, you're at 44 years old by then. I was in the 40s. Yep. And so what did you do after that school? I stayed. So you kept I going. Didn't, I didn't leave. Okay. So it wasn't seven years. It no. was It was so more. After, after the world of school, I got bed bound. I see. So so you were at the Waldorf School for decades. So you were so you went through many cycles of, of of classes? Yeah. Okay. How many cycles did you do? Probably three or four? It was three. Yeah. So that, that with did you have a sabbatical in between? No. So so twenty I didn't take a sabbatical, I was stupid. <laughs> twenty four years of straight classes yes all right so so that that brings you more up to your 60s so so i have a right to stay in bed now yeah and how did that happen well heart heart condition heart condition you you are very skinny and um have you always been very skinny no did did this happen with your condition it happened when i started to have a heart condition, which was about five years ago. Yeah. And so um, you went from Michigan to here? Yeah, more or less. How did you find out about this place? The medical, the medical association knows about these places. I see. And um, so were you, was it a hard choice to make or did you have no choice? It was a hard choice, but... There wasn't much. Uh, there wasn't much other possibility somewhere else. So it's it is, was pretty well no choice. Yeah. So so if if it was five years ago, I mean you're about eighty six now, 
And so that means you were you were teaching all the way until your 80s? Wow. You really spent a whole life in service. Mm-hmm. So what was it like when you weren't able to move around? You must have been going crazy. No. Was it hard to get used to? It's very hard to get up. Yeah. But, I mean, psychologically, how do you feel? Psychologically, I'm just very lazy. <laughs> or became very lazy. Yeah. I don't want to get up. I don't want to do things. I don't want to join in in, in that sense, you know. I, I talk to you. Yeah. And that is as far as it goes. I, I wa- I'm not going to get up and dance around and show you how we did the did the ballerina or whatever. Yeah, yeah, I'm yeah, not I understand. going to do that. So so basically, you know, you are like keeping in a sense your dignity by saying like I'm gonna do what I want to do and if I want to be in bed, so be it. And I mean this place is very dynamic. People are coming in and out People are changing around you all the time. And in a sense, you know, it, it's rather... I'm still in the middle of things. Yeah. <laughs> so um, so what do you do during the day? What goes through your mind? Do you full of memories? Do you, do you just have sleepy days? Oh, like any normal person who has a lot of time. Yes, you go back in your memory. Yes, you go back in your, in your in your life. Yes, you think of what else you could do. Of course. And so, uh, I I don't know. I just I'm just curious. Is there anything like I, maybe I don't even have to ask the question? So I'm just curious. What what do you find the experience of you being here? like culminated like just any any sort of things how do you how do you feel in this form of life do you feel like this is a phase of your life basically i simply feel lazy and with the laziness comes also the thought what else could i do and there are something sort of suggested write a book yeah or write a, a manual mm-hmm Write, write something. Sure. Which I probably will do. Sure. I mean, even if it were, what would you want to write? I would like to make a, man, a manual. A manual for, for like, um, training and teaching? For training and for teaching. Of what? Waldorf. Of Waldorf um, education. Yeah. What do you think could get you to start? Mm, a bit less laziness. <laughs> <laughs> do you ever? Do you feel like some part of it is depression? Depression? No. 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 I'm not depressed. Yeah. Just lazy. Yeah. Oh, you bum! You've given me so much information. Now I know I got to get you to write a book. <laughs> One of these days, right? That's exciting. Because I mean, you know, you have you have all your wits. Um, what about your husband? He's not here anymore. That's been a long time. What happened to him? He had a heart attack and died. Was it very quick? 
How old was he? He was only in the beginning of the 40s. Oh, my goodness. So it's a long time. Do you think it was eating habits? No. He Did he didn't. have a heart condition? No. Hmm. That's too bad. So you've 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 basically you, and so you. I was basically alone since I am forty. Yeah, and that is now forty years. And your your kids, how long were they with you? They were already only in the, they were only in their teens when he died. Mm-hmm. So you had them a little bit longer. Boy, I could say you have you. I mean, you deserve to be lazy because you spent most like you spent. 60 years being a doing service for other people right i mean i I don't i almost think it's not not worth to say to even say the word lazy you know it's like you you're just getting the rest that you never did when you were younger right what do your kids do now Mm. one of them is a teacher just like you one of them is an engineer uh-huh. One of them is a captain. So, so one of them was a teacher like you. One of them's an engineer like your your husband, and then one's a captain. Captain of what? Of a big ship. A, a sailing ship. Sailing ship, yes. Wow, captain. In the commerce. Commercial. Commercial. Mm-hmm. Okay, just like Jack. Um, where does he? Uh, where does he travel? All the time. <laughs> yeah. Do you know where? South. South to the, uh, South America. That's that's very neat. Do you do you keep in co- contact with them? And uh, which one is the son? The captain. Your son is the captain, of course. <laughs> and so your daughters are the engineer and the teacher. That's that's wonderful, and I'm sure you're proud. So I guess I guess that's that. Is there anything you'd like to say or any any words of wisdom, especially since you you want to write if you have so much in your mind that you could write a manual like what what could you say to aspiring Waldorf teachers or people that would like you know how there's the elevator conversation in in the fewest words possible, what could you do to inspire someone to be a Waldorf teacher? Oh, the rewards, yeah. The rewards are great because the children are responding terrifically to the world of approach because that teaches them they are important. It isn't you're just another little kid and you have got to do your homework. It's quite different. It is really you are important and you are possibly even involved in new research. Yeah. New research. Sure. So it's an it's an it's an education of empowerment and in, in yes. individuality. Yes. Um what about what could you say about the artistic aspect? Oh that's great. Any anything goes. <laughs> <laughs> anything artistic is good for the soul. Anything artistic is going to be tried out, and then when it's going to be nuts, then we're not keeping it. <laughs> That's nice. And um, what could you say to people that are Waldorf teachers that are finding a hard time 
to to keep it up, you know, because it is not easy. Actually, I don't really find people who find it hard up. I find people who are very, very busy. Yeah, they're too busy to find it hard or, or to be... Uh, Weighed down. should I say? To have, to have compassion with themselves. That's not the true. I see. They, 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 they don't have that. They have only say, maybe I should have learned more. I see. So it's basically... Uh, the, other, the, the, other, the other way around... Rather than saying, I, I did too much, I'm now tired, I can now disappear or whatever. No, I, su- I should have been more or I could do more. I see. So that's really what we need to find in ourselves. Yeah. Yeah. That, that basically, if you, are, if you have enough time to feel like you are, have too much going on, <laughs> that it's too hard, then you haven't, you're missing the point. Yeah. Hmm. You know, that I I think that's that's something that can get lost from generation to generation. That's that's, that's a work ethic thing. That's a thing about like what does it mean to live a life of uh, what is important, I guess. You know, sometimes it's all about, you know, what when can I finally have time for me to do the thing I want to, you know, blah 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 blah. And so yeah, it's very interesting. And so, lazy lady, <laughs> I bid you do. Thank you very much.